Hello and welcome back to another episode of Preview Review, the movie trailer po- podcast. Podcast? Hey, we're a podcast Popcorn? now. Popcorn. Hey, Shout out to Maria Menunos. The real ones, though. The movie trailer podcast, hosted by myself, Tyler Ellison, and my best friend, Ryan Toon. That's him. Yay! And on this podcast, we talk about the trailers for upcoming movies, things that we might be excited to see, or maybe hesitant to see sometimes, um, and what our expectations and thoughts are on them. And we are super excited to dive into some more releases coming up this uh, summer movie season. We're reaching the end here. We're coming to a close. Uh, listeners may remember that we started our movie blockbuster betting game. Yeah, game. We're not betting anything. It's not really a bet, but we're just seeing who does the best. Exactly. There's, There's nothing no money online, on the line. But, um, already our lists are shot because Top Gun is king. And Bob's Burgers is out. Bob's Burgers is out. Doctor Strange underperforming a little bit, at least compared to what we were expecting. Uh, so, well, you know, but there's still some time. Lightyear we'll definitely happens. underperforming. Oh, Lightyear for sure. Yeah. Lightyear flopped hard. But uh, there's still some time left and there's still some exciting releases. I mean, nothing that we had on our list, but... If you had it on your list, it might have a chance. It could make it. It could make it still. We won't be re- revisiting that until the last trailer or the last movie that's released in August uh, finally leaves theaters so that we have enough time for everything to have run its course and mm-hmm. make all the money it can. We're, we're fair. We're equitable. But on today's episode, we're excited to talk about some exciting movies, uh, including Bullet Train, pew, pew. Vengeance, Yeehaw. Prey, Rawr. and Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. That wasn't a stutter. The movie's just called Bodies, Bodies, Bodies three times. It's okay if you have a stutter. We could call it Bodies for short, but... That's not the name of the movie. The name though. of the movie is Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. So now every time we talk about Bodies, 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 we have to call it Bodies, Bodies, Bodies because the full title is Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Just like we called it Fast and Furious Presents <laughs> Hobbs and Shaw. Which we'll probably have to say again later in this episode. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay, I see why. No spoilers. <laughs> but before we jump into talking about those movies... Bullet Train, Vengeance, Prey, and Bodies, 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 Bodies. Bodies. We have to have our recurring segment where Ryan tells us about movies that he's seen that we previously pre-reviewed and what his opinion is about them. So, Ryan, please tell us what you see and what you think. It's Ryan's Review Roundup. Yes, world famous segment of the podcast, Ryan's Review Roundup. Everyone's been talking about it. It's, yeah, it's It's so popular and famous that there's even... Theme music. Ryan's Review Roundup. Thank you so much to our wonderful composer of the theme song music. Um, you. I wasn't going to take credit for that masterpiece. No, what did you use? Google Translate? I didn't use Google Translate. What did you use for the automatic voice? Oh, what did I use for the voice? There's some text-to-speech free thing on the... I googled, oh. like, text-to-speech free. It would be fun if it was Google Translate. Like, how many different languages could you say where you round up in? Ooh, I should make an international version. It is world famous. <laughs> well, speaking of world famous, I saw a movie called Jurassic World Dominion. Oh, that's right. Yes, it's the movie... No colon. Is there a colon? No, there's no there's colon. They were very clear know. about that. Because it's not... Like, the title isn't on, like, most of the posters. Yeah. So I, I don't know how to reference it. It's, it's just Jurassic World Dominion. I mean, on the posters, it's just the Jurassic Park logo. That's right. So, golden Jurassic Park logo, the movie. Um, it was a fun time at the theater. It's, like, not the best movie, but it's, like, what we were talking about, Tyler. Like, it's the fun Jurassic Park dinosaur antics, right? Um, 
like there's no logic to these things like chris pratt falls into like freezing water and gets up and runs away like no he's not even shivering like he's fine no hypothermia or anything like that uh there's a weird like like you can nitpick this movie to death because it's like honestly it's not that great of a movie but it's a fun movie right Mm. and i think it knows what it is and i know it i think it knows what it's trying to be so i mean it does what it sets out to do and if you can just go and have fun with dinosaurs you're probably gonna enjoy this movie it's not the best movie but it is a fun movie. If you, it's still in theaters and you got a group of friends that you want to go see it with, like have fun. If it's on TV on a random day, like it's a good thing to have in the background. But it's nothing that you like need to devote your time to. I was excited to see this movie and then I missed it because I got busy with work. And now I would have to go see it by myself and I don't know if I'm into it. Um, maybe, I think it'd be only worth it to go with other people. So I might just wait till it's streaming. Maybe if you were in the right uh, headspace. Oh, I see. To have a good time. Speaking of good time, another movie that was fun, but also maybe wait till it comes to streaming, was Lightyear. I'm a huge Toy Story fan, um, and Toy Story this is not. But that doesn't mean this is a bad movie. It's kind of like a kid's sci-fi movie, like baby's first sci-fi movie is how I've been describing it. Like mm-hmm. or like toned down interstellar. So like oh, interesting. Um if you are into sci-fi and family movies, this is the perfect movie for you. Uh, if you have a kid that wants to understand Interstellar, but it's too confusing, this is the movie for you. Um, if you really like Buzz Lightyear and Woody and Rex and the Toy Story gang, this might not be the movie for you. Um, it's a fun movie. I would watch a Lightyear 2 if they made a Lightyear 2, but if they never make another Lightyear movie again, I mean... I might rewatch this one once or twice, but that's about it. Yeah. Have you seen Lightyear? No. Are you planning on seeing Lightyear? At this point, I have too much else that matters more to me. Mm. So I think I feel like this is a wait till it goes on Disney Plus situation. I think it'll be on Disney Plus in like a month. I'm, so. That's what I assumed. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, I just... There's yeah. definitely better animated fare this year, even from Disney. Like, even from Pixar. Like, Turning Red is a way better movie. Like, that's the one that should have been in theaters. Um, let's see. Next. This isn't in the order I saw them in. It's just the order I wrote them down in. Um, I saw Nope. I saw this pretty recently with you, Tyler. You were there. Yes, I was there. And uh, this is time for our famous sub-segment segment. Uh Ryan didn't like the movie, but Tyler did. Mm, Debate town. (laughs) Uh, I thought this movie was... I mean, it's well-directed. It's well-shot. The cinematography and the acting is great. All the pieces of this movie, except for, like, one very important one in my head, like, are great. Like, the themes are there. Everything's good. I just... The story didn't captivate me. I thought the beginning was pretty slow, and then the third act was maybe a little choppy. Um... So it didn't nail it for me. It's definitely my least favorite Jordan Peele film. Um, I would much rather watch Us or uh, Get Out. But I really like, in particular, Steven Yeun's performance. I think he did a really good job with this character that's like trying to profit off of a trauma that happened to him, which is an interesting idea. But I he's not in the movie enough for you know me to like get too invested because I feel like he was my favorite character and then. He wasn't in the movie anymore. But I don't know. I feel like I'm in the minority here. Unless you're Logan Paul. 
than than. Oh, I saw his tweet. That was interesting. <laughs> Logan Paul really didn't like this movie. Yeah, he had to do a whole thread about it. I mean, I didn't dislike this film as much as Logan Paul did, um, but I definitely came into this movie with different expectations. I think, and I came out kind of disappointed, to be honest. Yeah, that makes sense. I think always like the chasm between expectation and reality is always the biggest. Like, that's the big biggest hurdle to get over when, like, going into and, like, assessing a movie, right? Like, you have to take a movie for what it decides it, it's going to be, not what you wanted it to be. And that's sometimes a hard thing to do. So, Especially as when much the as I love... for Nope were so nebulous. Yeah, well, the trailers were intentionally vague because there was some, like, significant, I think, like, tonal and also narrative choices that they were trying to keep somewhat under wraps because it does feel very different from an us or get out even in terms of like not visual style but in terms of like style of storytelling Mm -hmm. um uh but also there are a lot of like i think there is also a distinct visual and thematic style from jordan peele that we get that is akin to those other two projects Mm -hmm. so it's like different but same same but different a little bit you know what i mean um one of the things I really valued about this movie was the production design. Oh, um, the production design it, is I really mean, good. Was, like, technically, this film is astonishing. I agree with like, that. Like, better visual effects than most other movies that I've seen recently. Incredible performances, incredible sound design and score, incredible production design, incredible cinematography. Um, and uh, the story, I thought, was interesting. And I thought it was cool to see Jordan Peele try to do something that is similar to, like, a Spielbergian, like jaws or like close encounters um something a little bit like in the horror vein but a little bit more mass appealing a little more like tentpole blockbuster than a like heady horror think piece um which us and get out felt more like that but they also both achieved like very wide popular acclaim right and so it's sort of like did he maybe push that a little too far um does it feel a little bit more watered down I think thematically there are some really great like conversation pieces that this movie has that are awesome things to discuss philosophically and what they imply for like as far as like a critique of our society. But I don't know. I enjoyed the story and I think it it did feel very similar to me from like to like a Jaws or something like that uh, where I don't see it so much as like a great horror film, but I see it as like a great film that has like elements of horror in it. Um, it's kind of similar to how I felt about the black film with Ethan Hawke. Like I just saw that recently, it definitely didn't feel as much of a horror movie as I expected it to be. And it was something that I felt like I could take people that maybe don't like horror movies very much and they could still enjoy it because the other pieces of the story in the movie feel captivating and interesting to me. Interesting comparison to the black phone. I like the black phone a, a lot, lot more, more than no. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I don't know. I just, I really liked a lot of, a lot about this movie. Not to, I don't want to get into too much spoiler territory. Yeah. Cause there's uh, a lot the of things intentionally left, but unknown. I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to see what Jordan Peele continues to, to do with future projects. Yeah, definitely. I still like Jordan Peele. I'm still going to go see his next film. Nope. Just wasn't for me. Yeah. And that, I think that's okay. But, um, did you know that the, the comparison to Jaws is something that a lot of people are making I've because seen a lot. did you see that apparently in the Dolby showings of the movie mm-hmm. they actually play the trailer for Jaws before the before oh, like how we got Oppenheimer yes that's interesting isn't that super interesting yeah so it, it's like a very like intentional okay so now that makes sense why everyone's talking about Jaws because like, like honestly 
I kind of see the similarities. I haven't seen yeah. Close Encounters of the Third Kind, so I don't know about that. And that probably connects more because they're both about aliens. Right. Um, but Jaws in terms of like, the, it's the like... The nebulous horror. And the creature, creature. is like, the yeah. threat is something that's not like explicitly like mm-hmm. in your face until it is. You yeah. know what I mean? And the horror comes from... I mean, like I said, I think Get Out and Us are better horror movies because they also just fit my personal preferences. Like, I prefer, like, a comp- like a home invasion movie or something mm-hmm. that feels a little more immediate horror than, like, something more supernatural or, like, extraterrestrial phenomena. Yeah. That's just my personal preference. Oh. But I admired how Jordan Peele crafted this story to be, like, it wasn't like we were talking about the first 20 minutes, the UFO lands and the aliens come out and then it's an invasion movie. It was like a little bit smarter than that to to do like a, the horror is between what you can see and what you can't see. And that is the chasm of fear mm-hmm. that you're traversing rather than like the aliens being in your face. Yeah. Does that and make I sense? Think, yeah. And I think something about that, like, the I don't know if that like just isn't scary to me or something, but like. I didn't really think this movie was, like, scary at all. Like, I didn't even feel horror elements, except for, like, one scene where Jordan Peele just felt like, I know this is the kind of horror movie you guys like. And he, like, puts it in there, and he's like, but actually, that's not related to this movie at all. (laughs) Right, yeah. And I was like, weird choice. Like, to me, this felt more like like a summer blockbuster, but, like, a toned-down one, not, like, one guns a-blazing, like, big action spectacle. I don't know. Maybe it also just felt like a summer blockbuster because they're outside in the sun a lot. I don't know. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I don't know. It also, maybe the, I think different movies had different fears for different people, right? Like maybe yeah, extraterrestrial, like, like UFOs, that doesn't maybe scare you. But other people, the fear of that unknown, the fear of that like, oh, life and the universe could just come and devour Earth in an instant. That could be like the most terrifying thing they could imagine, That's right? That's true. And so that experience for them creates more fear and dread uh-huh. than like what you're seeing, which is like, oh, like funny looking plane in sky. You know Basically, what I mean? Basically, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, run. <laughs> <laughs> well, this could be a whole nope episode, but I appreciate your thoughts on Rise of Your End Up, and yeah. thank you for letting me share my piece. Of course, I needed the, uh, it's for the famous sub section. Yes, our sub, that like, it like never happens, but. Yes, but it's so, so impactful when it does. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, let's see. Uh, we both saw the next one, Thor, but I think we both liked it, so we can't do the big famous debate section. Um. Thor Love and Thunder, I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's a good time at the movies. Some of like the jokes don't land, which is kind of rough because they commit so hard to some of these jokes, and when they don't land, you feel it. But I really like the story. Uh, the performances by Christian Bale in particular are really good. Uh, whenever he's on the screen, he like steals the show. Uh, too bad he's not in it more, um, to be honest. Yeah, 100%. Um, but I really like this movie, and I understand some of the criticism gets like, comedy subjective and this movie really leans really hard into the comedy um but also like for the people that are out there saying like it's making a mockery of itself or like things like that like it's okay not to take yourself too seriously like i know i especially even and one of you like we love marvel but like it doesn't have to be a sacred thing like you can make fun of it but i really like this movie um i hope there's a thor 5 uh, it's not my favorite Thor movie, but uh, it's definitely, uh, you know, one of the better ones. Yeah. I really enjoyed Love and Thunder. Um, well, I really enjoyed parts of Love and Thunder, for sure. I think it shows that Taika Waititi can direct the hell out of the third act of a Thor movie. 
like the third act of Ragnarok and the third act of Love and Thunder are like some of the best MCU sequences ever put on screen. Yeah. Um, but there are just other pieces of the story and even some of the performances that I was just like, this feels weird. And I don't know, maybe there's a little bit of MCU fatigue playing out. Um, I'm excited for some of the future projects that have been announced, but I definitely feel like the humor and some of the stuff keeps getting recycled a little bit and you can just tell when it falls flat, it falls flat. And so, yeah, mixed opinion for sure. No, I agree with you. Um, this movie, like, literally has a he's right behind me, isn't he, joke in the movie. Yeah, like, why does every Marvel movie need one of those? So, like, Taika's spin on Thor was fresh in Ragnarok, um, but at points in Thor Love and Thunder it feels a little played out yeah. already, which is sad because it was so fresh, yeah. like, just a couple movies ago, yeah. right? Um, but anyway, I think Chris Hemsworth is still great in this role. Oh, um, totally, yeah. Like, he can play Thor until he wants to stop playing Thor, yeah. for all I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. And honestly, the best actors in the movie were Natalie Portman and Christian Bale, though, for me. Um, I really love both of their performances. And I think we needed more of their... Not them together, but, like, more of them on screen. And, like, even the five minutes we got of the Guardians was, like, too much. Yeah, I love the Guardians movies, and I love those characters, but they felt superfluous in this movie. And I think that's mainly because uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 was supposed to come out before Thor 4 mm. uh, in the original Phase 4 lineup or whatever. But then they fired James Gunn and rehired James Gunn, so the production got pushed back. Because yeah. he had already signed on to do the Suicide Squad, so they so, couldn't film yeah. Guardians 3 before Thor 4, so they had to shuffle things around. Yeah. So... They're like, we left Thor it, with the Guardians. It very much felt like, yeah. here's my two pages of handwritten script that helps us address why the Guardians are here and then why they can't be here anymore before we get into, like, the original plan for Thor 4, if that makes sense. Yeah. Thor is a fun movie. Uh, if you like Ragnarok, this is more of the same for Ragnarok. Um, if you didn't like Ragnarok, you're probably not going to like this. Uh, and the last movie of Ryan's review roundup. The longest review roundup ever. Well, if you cut out all the plane noises, maybe it'll be shorter. Um, was Elvis. Uh, this movie is definitely a Boz Lerman Elvis biopic. And if you know anything about Boz Lerman and anything about Elvis, you probably know exactly what this movie is. Uh, it's excess. It's uh, Elvis's life story. And it's Tom Hanks doing that weird little voice. Um... I think Austin Butler is the reason you go see this movie. His performance is, is outstanding. Other than that, it's kind of a fine film. Like, if you see it at Redbox, maybe you can rent it and have fun with it there. I don't know if it's a movie you need to, like, rush out to see in the theater. I also don't know if my movie experience is tainted, or my opinion is tainted by my experience. Because when I saw this movie, it was in a crowded theater opening weekend, and it was hot. You could feel everyone's body temperature radiating off you, radiating it off them and off yourself. And I, like, seriously thought, like, I'm just going to go step in the hallway real quick to, like, cool down for a minute. But I was in the top row, so I've been like, is it worth it, like, to go down all the stairs? We're well, going to stand at the top step, and then you're going to faint from heat exhaustion, and then you're going to tumble down the stairs. Exactly. Is it movie. worth it? Not worth it. No. So I just sat down, and, um, just you know what? start scooping the ice out of your soda and, like, honestly. It was an immersive experience. I felt like I was in Vegas with Elvis. There you go, yeah. 
Elvis. Well, because he's like dripping sweat in those like yeah. close-up shots. So I'm sure and I was it's like, like that's you me. kind of feel that. Yeah, I'm simpatico Elvis. Wow. Um, but anyway, uh, watch the movie for Austin Butler's performance alone. But if you don't watch it, maybe you watch like, you know, in three years when they're like best Elvis scenes. You can watch that compilation on YouTube. <laughs> what about the compilation for his Oscar nomination? I think his performance is worthy of an Oscar nomination. So like, I'd be down for that. Um. Yeah, like just I think it's better than uh, Rami Malek's Freddie Mercury. Oh wow! Um, and he won. Yeah, but I also like really liked Taron Edgerton's Elton John, and he wasn't even nominated, so I don't know yeah. what the Academy's doing. Yeah, all over the place here. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Ryan. What a lineup of movies that you've seen since our last episode. And I mean, I do have a question. We talked about. I mean, we saw Nope together. We saw Thor together. But the other three movies I haven't seen yet. Mm-hmm. If you'd recommend me to go catch before it leaves theaters, either Jurassic World, Lightyear, or Elvis, which one are you recommending me most to see? Oh, interesting. Um, they're all fine. <laughs> I guess maybe Elvis is the best theater experience because you get to hear the music loud. All right, I'll make a note. I I was definitely between Elvis and Jurassic because I think I either Elvis for like the quality of the like visuals and sound on the big screen. But also Jurassic is like, ooh, big screen dino is also fun. Yeah. Um, Elvis is probably the best movie out of the three of those. But if you don't, if you're not able to catch any of them, like you're not missing too much. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Should we jump into the first trailer of the episode? Yeah. All right. We're talking about Prey. Ooh. This film, this is a Predator. Is it a prequel? Well, yes. It's an installment in the Predator franchise. Yeah, it would be the first prequel. I'm thinking, have you seen the Predator movies? I haven't seen any of them. I was going to bring this up while we talked about Prey. So Okay, I've seen all of them. Okay, great. You could tell me all about the Predator. Well, the Predator is the fourth film of the franchise. Well, about the character. Oh, well... There's only one Predator, right? No, no, no. There's multiple? It's the species of alien. Oh, Jesus Christ. I have no idea what this movie is going to be about. (laughs) But the trailer looks good. We'll talk about it. It's directed by Dan Trachtenberg, who directed uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. And uh, this movie comes out on August 5th, exclusively on Hulu. It stars Amber Mid-Thunder, Dakota Beavers, and Dan DeLiegro. So, what we see in this trailer is, it looks like a uh Yeah, I'm first curious people... to see what you think about this Well, trailer. I know a little bit about The Predator. I okay. thought I did. I thought it was one thing, but apparently it's a species. I guess, the, the, the idea here is it's uh, a woman who is a member of a, you know indigenous tribe, and... She wants to be a hunter because the tribe tells her that they don't think she can be. And so she goes out and the like initial sequence we see is like she tries to hunt a bear, but it's charging at her. She's trying to escape, but then something kills the fucking bear. And you're like, what can do that? Also, it's like invisible, I think, question mark. And so then the tagline is like, they hunt to live, right? Like the indigenous peoples hunt to survive in the mm-hmm, land, mm-hmm. right? But it, the predator, lives to hunt. It does. And so the predator is... From what I know is like supposed to, I thought it was one thing, but now I guess it's a species like a highly advanced expert hunter alien, basically, mm-hmm. that I guess can be invisible and also has the like three dot laser thing yes. for tracking. And it has heat vision, right? That's part yes. of it. Okay. And it's hunting down these people. But this, the main character that we see here, I'm assuming is Amber Midthunder's character, yes. is like saying, I know how to survive. And we see like a little training montage of her. Crafting weapons and traps and mm-hmm. camouflaging herself to try and... Uh, yeah. Yeah, part of it seems like she, like, since she had the initial interaction with the Predator, she knows more about it than, like, 
the men of her tribe. Right, so everybody else is trying to just, like, kill it with brute force, and she's like, no, you have to be. You have to like, this is it. how we have to outsmart it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and this is interesting because uh, this is, like, the earliest Predator movie we have. Like The original Predator is a Schwarzenegger, right? Yes. It's Schwarzenegger, and um, who's the other co-star? Uh, the dude from And it's Rocky. where this meme comes from. Yes, it's the arm meme. Uh, what's his name? Apollo Carl, Creed from... Carl, Carl Weathers. Weathers. Yeah. Okay, yeah. There we go. We got there. It's them. Um, okay. Quick side detour to Predator lore land. Um, Predator 1 came out in the 80s, and it's an Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, action movie. Let's get to the chopper, right? Is that a different uh, movie? I can't remember. Uh, I haven't seen Predator 1 in a while. Um, <laughs> quick Google time. I think it is. But, like, the meme has become bigger than the movie. Yeah, yeah that's Predator. Okay. The Predator basically is what you're saying, like, an advanced species of alien that can, like, camouflage and has, like, crazy weapons and traps. And those three laser dots are kind of like uh, when the snipers have, like, one red dot on you. Right. They have the three. Um, and it has, it doesn't, it, like, heat vision is part of his thing. Like, that's how Arnold Schwarzenegger is able to beat it is because... Like, spoilers for uh, Predator. If you set everything on fire, or you make well, everything hot, it he, can't see you? Uh covers himself in cold mud, so oh, it can't so see he, him. Oh, I see. Okay. Yes. Um, Opposite so, thing. Yeah. I said set everything on fire. Yes. Okay. No, he made, him, <laughs> he made his body temperature really cold, so he could beat it. Um, then, Predator 2 uh, takes place... In so the, we've seen a homage to that in the trailer for yes. Prey. Because she's, she's doing like the same. in the mud, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so that's my. But she like, wouldn't know what heat vision is. No. So maybe it's just a, a maybe it's trial like a and error thing. She figures it out. Yeah. Um, Predator two. Uh, okay, here's the thing about the Predator movies. In my opinion, all the odd numbered ones are good, and the even numbered ones are not. Um, How many are there? This is the fifth one. Okay, so it should be good. It should be good. Let's go. Um, Predator two is with Danny Glover, and it takes place during a heat wave in Los Angeles. Um, Everything's hot. Yeah. And the cool thing about this is that he gets to go inside the Predator spaceship at the end of the movie. Oh, so is every pre- the purpose of every movie that the Predator makes its way to Earth somehow? Uh, not for Predator, not for the third one, but okay. the other ones, yes. Um, so he gets in there, and then in the Predator spaceship, you see the Xenomorph skull, like he has beaten the Xenomorph, like from Alien. Oh, because there's Predator versus Alien. The Alien versus Predator movies, yes. Yeah. Uh, but they're canonosity is up for debate okay um and i've only seen the first one i didn't see there's predator. more than one alien versus predator yeah there's alien versus predator and there's alien versus predator requiem oh i didn't know there was a second one okay so i only saw the first one and it was fine okay so then predators is the third movie predators it's like an homage to aliens but it's number yeah. three not number two this is also for the record i know listeners are like tyler i thought you were the horror movie fan what the fuck but this <laughs> well, is this the is... side of like 80s sci-fi horror that i don't know as well i've seen aliens one of my favorites nice. but i've never seen i don't think i've seen aliens and i haven't seen any I of the seen aliens movies. no i well, think well, i've only seen the original alien have you seen any of the prequel series like the uh prometheus, prometheus or any of that no oh okay i haven't interesting so i need to catch up on this while everyone else was watching alien versus predator i a scholar was watching Freddy versus Jason. Ooh, I haven't seen that one. <laughs> like, both is I'm good. the one that rented all the Friday the Thirteenth and all the Nightmare on Elm Streets and then watched those movies rather than like the Alien and the Predator movies. Yeah, I have. I feel the, it's like the two schools of thought a little bit. It's true. I have the box set for Alien and the box set for okay, Predator. Okay, there you go. But I don't own the Alien versus Predator movies because they weren't in the box set. Uh, Predators, the third movie. Uh, I think it's a Robert Rodriguez film. Um, 
it's my favorite one, but a lot of people don't like it. I don't get them. Um, but the thing about predators is that, like, basically, the predators have abduct- abducted like some of the worst criminals on Earth and put them on this planet, and this planet is where they train predators to hunt. Oh, I feel like I've re- I remember you telling me about this. Yeah, one. this is the one with Adrian Brody um, as like the lead, and I think it's really cool because it's like a bunch of bad people like trying to survive. And, like, but if they die, you don't care because they're bad people. Um, and then Predator Four is called The Predator. That's the more like recent one, right? It came yeah, out it came out. I was like five years. Ago. Yeah. The cool thing about this when it was being uh, advertised was like that Shane Black has come back to write and direct, and Shane Black starred as like one of the people in the original Predator, mm, okay. and. Uh, he's like an uncredited like script doctor on that movie, so people are like, "Oh, he knows this stuff." Like, and especially the fans that were like, "There's been no good Predator movie since the original one." Like, Shane Black's come back to like save the franchise. Too bad he didn't because the movie wasn't that great and it kind of bombed at the box office. Uh, it stars, uh, what's his name, the kid from Room. Um, yeah, Jacob Tremblay. Tremblay. He's in it, and it's like the Predator comes, but this time it's in modern day. Like, it. it I don't know. It wasn't my favorite either. But because of the underperformance, uh, both critically and box office-wise, of The Predator, when Disney acquired 20th Century, uh, they said, oh, you're making a new Predator movie? We're just going to put that on Hulu. Gotcha. So that's why this movie's on Hulu. Um, but So I like, I, then I guess, I like where this is going if each other Predator movie kind of advanced further towards, like, the modern era, or, I mean, modern era of when it released. Mm-hmm. Then I like that this one is saying, let's rewind it all the way back and yeah. go with something a little bit more And the cool thing primitive. about all four of these movies, I guess five now with Prey, is that you can watch any of them. You can watch them in any order. Not, they don't really connect. They're kind of standalone. Yeah. 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 It seems cool. And I like the idea of like, okay, like, so if like Schwarzenegger and I'm assuming like all the other ones, like they got to use like machine guns yeah, they or got, like, like whatever. Guns and like, stuff. Can it also be done with, like, spears and, and bow and arrows? And, and like, and does it have more to do with how, again, like, how you outwit, mm-hmm. outwit, outplant, outlast the, the predator. predator? Ooh, put the Predator on. On Survivor. <laughs> Jeff Probst versus <gasps> Predator. Survivor All-Stars, but one of the All-Stars is the Predator. Oh, my God. Um, but it has more to do with, again, like, how you outthink it rather than how you outfight it, right? Well, yeah. I mean, you have to outfight it eventually. But you have to first, like, figure out how you're going to do that. Right. So, like, if you just charge in guns a-blazing, you're going to get, like, your guts ripped out at you. Um, but if you have a plan, it might work. Gotcha. But I think this movie looks really exciting. I'm excited as a Predator fan. Um, when we saw Nope, they had the premiere of this movie two theaters yeah, down the from us. Yeah, Screaming was at our local theater. So. Because of, we're, uh, you know, in the heart of San Diego. And it was just Comic-Con, so... They brought a, a movie that a bunch of nerds yeah. will like. I thought the uh, photo op that they had out there looked cool. So. Yeah, it was like black and white, but the forest. And I think there was a predator like far in the background on the backdrop. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited for this movie. I'm going to definitely watch yeah. it. The cinematography looked really cool. It reminded me of something like The Revenant. Like, I know that's like, mm-hmm. Inuritu is like, you know, auteur, like cinematographer, director. But it looked very reminiscent of, like, that style of, like, landscape, natural lighting, cinematography of, like, the sequences. Except it was, like, a bear chase scene. Very Revenant-esque. Yeah. And then the Predator showed up. Exactly. So. Um, plus, Dan Trachtenberg directed 10 Cloverfield Lane, which is, like, probably one of my favorite thriller movies. Oh, it's a great movie. Like, yeah. Um, like, he's able to come into a franchise 
and like do a sort of spin-off sequel yeah. movie. Yeah. Like what Prey kind of is. Totally. So I'm super hyped for this movie. Um it's also kind of interesting that like she has like green war paint. I think the Predator's blood is green. But like that same green is like the color that Hulu uses. Mm, like for yeah. the Hulu green. Interesting. So it kinda like synergy. Like it obviously wasn't planned, but like it's cool for their posters, so that's cool. That's hilarious. I love that. Um oh another cool thing about this movie is um they all the actors in it also speak I don't know what language it is, but it's some indigenous language. Um and on Hulu, like they'll have a setting where you can change the audio and you can hear the actors dub over uh in the native language. Oh, that's cool. I like that a lot. Yeah. They didn't like refilm everything so the mouths won't line up, but right, it's just it's a the dub. same actors using like the their native tongues or the native tongue I don't know if it was their first language um very cool but yeah i think that's pretty cool i like that well yeah i'm excited for it i think i'm a little bummed that it's just going to hulu because it does seem like a kind of movie that i'd enjoy on the big screen for yeah sure. it sounded like the people that were a couple theaters down really had fun well but, speaking of having fun i know yeah. i'm gonna have fun when we see this next movie because i'm very excited for this one yeah tell me about it it's bullet train Ooh. directed by david leach who directed fast and furious present hobbs and shaw <laughs> Deadpool 2, and Atomic Blonde. I haven't seen that last one. I haven't seen the last one either, but I saw the other ones. Oh, wait, no, I didn't see Hobbs and Shaw. I've only seen Deadpool 2. Oh, okay. okay correction. Oh. <laughs> uh, this one also comes out August 5th, but this one's going to theaters. Um, And it stars Brad Pitt, Joey King, Aaron Taylor-Johnson, Brian Tyree Henry, Hirozuki Sanada, Michael Shannon, Bad Bunny, Sandra Bullock, Zazie Beetz, Logan Lerman, and Karen Fukuhara. And more. Lots of fun people in this movie. I think the funniest one that I went over is Bad Bunny. Like, just <laughs> reading that in the list of, like, other normal names is interesting. But he's trying to be a serious actor man now. Yeah, so he wants to be the wrestler Spider-Man villain. I'm excited for, I mean, his sequences in the trailer look cool, so that's that's fine. Yeah. Um, but What's Bullet Train all about, Tyler? We see Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt is obviously, like, a career criminal. He's got this handler that he talks to on the phone. It's Sandra Bullock. Ooh, Sandy? It's the classic, like, I don't want to do another job where I have to kill a bunch of people. I'm trying to take it easy, man. I'm, like, on my way out of here. Retirement age. And she's like, okay, this job's really easy. Just get on this train and grab this briefcase. And he's like, okay, easy peasy. And she's like, also, you're going to need a gun for this one. And he's like, ugh, fine, whatever. But then it looks like he doesn't have the gun because we see the sequence where he's, like, trying to convince somebody he has a gun, but he doesn't really have a gun. So I don't know what the story is with the gun. But anyways, he winds up on the train, but then he realized this job maybe isn't so easy as Sandy B made it out to seem. This job is a little Things just got a little bit more complicated. Uh, we have multiple folks that are going after this briefcase. Um, and so there's some fun fight sequences. I love just, like... I don't even know how to describe it. The, like, aesthetic tone of this trailer. Like, it's serious when the fights break out, but then it'll cut to some random, like, little quirky train noise or the the squeak of a stuffed animal when it gets punched. Like, there's just some funky stuff that is, like, so quirky, and I love it. And it, it doesn't feel quirky in, like, a, like, eh, like, millennial, weird, like, TikTok cringe way. It feels quirky in, like, a really fun and fresh, different type of action movie kind of way. And I even love that it's called Bullet Train. I was talking to somebody recently about how, like, they don't make movies like Con Air anymore, where it's very much like, it is what it says in the title, it's a bunch of criminals on an airplane, and it's just, like, a very straightforward action movie. And then, like, after I had this conversation that week, I saw the trailer for Bullet Train, and I was like, 
this is the type of action thriller that I've been missing. Like, it's called Bullet Train because it's on a bullet train, but it's also, like, gunfights and all this stuff. And it just feels so, like, it feels like it's filling a niche in the market that I haven't, like, every action movie. the title alone? Every action, no, the style of the trailer, too. It feels like it's, like, I don't know. It's doing more than, like, the average, like, red notice, like, stereotypical action action movie that's going to Netflix, but not trying to be the next big, like, auteur A24 yeah. breakthrough, right? It's, uh-huh. like, somewhere in that middle, and I really like that. Well, uh, the title Bullet Train comes from the book that's based off of called Bullet Train. Yeah, it's based on a graphic novel, right? Um, I'm not sure, but I know it wasn't originally published in English, like, it's a Japanese thing. Because the train goes from, like, Tokyo to Kyoto or something like that. So it, um, so the original title isn't Bullet Train, but when it came to English-speaking countries, the title changed to Bullet Train. So whoever the, like, localizer of that graphic novel is your new best friend. Like, he knew what you wanted. Um, or she. I love it. I did see a little pushback that, you know, the main character in the novel is a Japanese man. Oh, and really? is being played by Brad Pitt, who's white. So I get that, but I also am like, I don't know, Brad Pitt's a good action star, so I'm kind of excited for his role in this. And I mean, things are inspired by other stories, and they change the type of character that is at the center all the time. And like, this cast is pretty diverse. Like, honestly, you just throw like a random actor in, like name an actor, throw them in the train, have them attack Brad Pitt. That seems like what the movie is going to be, and I'm excited. Yeah. Um, I... Really, we haven't mentioned it yet, but I think the song choice for the song is really cool. Oh. It's uh, "Staying Alive," but it's like a Japanese, the Japanese cover. cover yeah. So, and it, the way the trailer is edited, like the fight scenes, like fit really well with yeah, like the... a Baby Driver style, where exactly. like the 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 uh, rhythm or the beats of the action follow the rhythm and the beats of the song mm-hmm. itself. And I think um, that was similar. Like they did that in the trailers for Atomic Blonde too. Oh, it's a brilliantly cut trailer. Yes, it's done. It's a very so good trailer. Well. The second trailer. Not as not good. as good. Um, yeah, so sure. if you're gonna watch it on YouTube, just watch the first trailer. Um, but I'm excited for this movie as well. I'm excited to see all these people try to kill Brad Pitt over some briefcase. I guess. I mean, honestly, the plot doesn't really matter. It just looks like it's gonna be a fun time at the theaters, like bullet train, bullet pumping adrenaline in the train. Yeah, let's go. It feels like it's gonna be another ambulance where, like, I sit in the theater I love and I'm ambulance. like, my adrenaline is just pumping full speed the whole time. Yes. But ambulance, I kind of love in a somewhat ironic sense. This one feels less ironic love and more. I'm like excited. Yeah, for it's true. Movie. Ambulance did have some levels of irony, but ambulance also like impressed me way more than I thought it would. So there's yeah. kind of both sides of that coin. Ambulance is fun. If you haven't seen ambulance, go see ambulance. <laughs> it's not in theaters anymore. It's on Peacock if you have Peacock. Well, that was Bullet Train. Um, but Tyler, did you know that this is not the first movie that ever takes place on a train? What? Yeah, they've never been, mind. I'm not excited for it. They've been doing it for years. I was only excited when I thought it was the first and only train-based movie. This might be the first and only like train-based, train-based movie, movie called Bullet Train. Oh, okay, that's fine. Okay. Um, but Tyler, for our first game of the episode, I have compiled a list of train movies like train based movies or movies that take place in a train and i've gotten the synopses from google the game is i will read the synopses of a train movie and you'll just have to tell me what train movie is that great let's do it all right you ready tyler name the train name that train 
All right. Our first movie is all about survivors of Earth's second ice age. Oh. You know? Snowpiercer. There we go. Look at that. Easy. I, I forgot to mention I'm an expert in train-based movie novels. Yeah, of course. No, Snowpiercer is also just one of my favorite movies of all time. But. Okay. Here we go. And there's a... There's more than six of these, which is our usual cap, but it seems like we'll get through them pretty quick. Um, Our next train-based movie, a lavish trip through Europe, quickly unfolds into a race against time to solve a murder aboard. on the Orient Express. Yes! All right. Hercule Poirot. But which adaptation is it? I mean... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's the Kenneth Branagh one. We know. Sure. Um, Our next train-based film, When a Doubting Young Boy... Takes an extraordinary train ride. Polar Express. Yes. Let's go. <laughs> Let's see. Can you get all of these before I finish a sentence? Oh, I don't know. That's actually a fun challenge. These were the ones when you said that we were playing this game. These are the ones that all came to the front of my mind. So I feel like I'm gonna run out here pretty soon. Okay. You you might because the last couple I think are kind of hard. Like the last three or four are kind of hard. Um. Here's the next one. A man. His estranged daughter and other passengers become trapped on a speeding train during a zombie... Oh, train to Busan. There, you almost didn't make it through the first sentence. Very close. Good job. All right. Here's where it gets kind of hard. Estranged brothers reunite for a train trip. The siblings have not spoken in over a year, ever since their father passed away. The brothers fall into old patterns of behavior as the real reason for the reunion is revealed. To visit their mother in a convent oh i don't know if i know this one the I, dad died the yes. mom's a nun yes and the brothers haven't talked to each other in a long time mm-hmm. and they're it's all happening on a train yes i don't know if i know this one Let's see uh would you like a is it like a, is there like a time like can they get like a decade like what? The, when the movie came yeah, out? Yeah, when the movie came out. Oh, uh, the two thousands. Okay. Does it take place in like modern day, or is it a period? Piece? No, it takes place in modern day. Oh. Is it a comedy or is it? That's like a it seems like a drama, uh, but is it? It's like a dramedy. It's more drama than comedy, but there's like comedic elements. Huh. Okay, I feel like I've asked a ton of questions. I still have no idea. All right. So, um, here. The train is in India? Does that help? Definitely not. Does it help if I told you Owen Wilson was in this movie? I mean, I'm thinking of a train sequence that happens in the movie Shanghai Noon, but that's not it. Does it help if I told you Wes Anderson directed this movie? Oh my gosh. It's not Grand Budapest, is it? No. It's this train movie. (laughs) It's What's his train movie The called? Darjeeling Limited. Oh. It's named after the train. I haven't seen this one. Oh, okay. That's why I didn't know what it was about. I've only seen it in terms of like a list of... Of Wes Anderson, Wes Anderson movies. movies. Okay. The Darjeeling... Yeah. Uh-huh. Darjeeling Limited. Yes. Um, Fascinating. I had no idea that took place on a train. Yeah. Uh, now I know. The movie is named after the train that it takes place on. Oh, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> I always thought it was named after the T. No, no, no. It's the train. <laughs> All right. Time for your next train movie. Um, I told you we're in the we're in the tough ones now. I feel like that one was, well, I feel like that one was definitely tough. But if I had seen it, I would have gotten it. Does that make sense? Yes. And I don't know if you've seen any of the rest of these movies. Okay, so they're gonna be harder. Okay, now we know. Okay. Here's our next train movie: a boy raised by boars who wears a boar's head 
boards a train on a new mission with another boy who reveals his true power when he sleeps. Their mission is to defeat a demon who has been tormenting people and killing those who oppose it. What the fuck? <laughs> this doesn't sound like an American movie. It's is it not. a foreign it's, film? It is. Okay. Do I know what this is? I feel like you wouldn't have picked something that you hadn't at least heard of. Yeah, I think you've heard so, of this movie. Huh. Where's a boar's head? Why am I stuck on that? I'm just imagining deli meat. Uh, you want some hints? Yeah, let's uh, listen to that. It's the 2020s. That's when the movie came out. It's a recent movie? Yes. Wow. Um, let's see. It was actually the highest grossing movie of 2020 worldwide. Oh, is it like a anime? It is an anime movie. Okay. Is it Your Name? No, Your Name is older. That's what I keep thinking. Yeah. Of. It's an anime. Uh, It's like... Is it Demon Slayer? It is. It's Demon Slayer the movie Mugen Train. Okay. It... It's a good movie. I only know this because of conversations I've overheard you have with, like... Our friends who like anime? Yeah. <laughs> it's a People good People that watch anime. Not me, but... Yeah. Great. Um, but uh, it's like... It picks up right after the first season of the anime. Okay. So it's like... And they, like, adapted it. Like, season two of the anime, like, the first eight episodes are an extended version of the movie. So... Okay. Like, weird. Um, but yeah. It's... It's a cool movie. It's really well animated, um, but I don't know. You might not like it. You're not an anime guy. Okay, next. I mean, I like some of the Miyazaki stuff, so. That's true. That's true. Um, There's something for everyone. Yeah. Maybe Demon Slayer moving trains for me. Yeah. Maybe it's not. Yeah. See, that's the it's the moving train. The moving train. Uh, okay. Which roughly translates to Infinity Train. Oh, okay. But that was a different TV show. That was a good show, too. Okay. Um, Next train movie. Chaos reigns in the New York City subway system when heavily armed criminals hijack a subway train and threaten everyone on board unless a large ransom is paid. Oh, I feel like I remember seeing the trailer for this one. I have another sentence if you want. Okay. It. A dispatcher uses his extensive knowledge of the transit system in a bid to outwit the yeah. hijackers and save the hostages. Yeah. It sounds so familiar. Like, I feel like I can, like, totally imagine what the trailer for this movie looks like. You want some actors? I feel like is Joseph Gordon Levitt in this movie? No, that was Premium Rush. It sounds But like it's around the same in, time Yeah, period. it sounds like that's era. That's the era. Okay, yeah. who's the who's the dispatcher guy? The dispatcher is Denzel Washington. Oh. And the hijacker is also somebody. You want to know who the hijacker is? Okay. It's John Travolta. What? Yeah. John Travolta versus Denzel Washington. Oh my gosh. Also when I was researching this game, apparently this is a remake. I, I'm not going to come up with a title unless I just pull it out of my ass. The answer is... Terminal Stop. Nope. It's The Taking of Pelham 1, Oh, two, three. 1, two, 3. Yes! Yes! No, I've definitely heard of this movie. <laughs> Alright, you ready for the last train movie, Yeah, let's Tyler? do it. Fine. Here we go. I think I technically have four of them, because I got Demon Slayer on, like, my second guess. Yeah, sure. We'll okay, great. Okay. On August 21st, 2015, the world watches in stunned silence as the media reports a thwarted terrorist attack on a train that's bound for Paris. This is, I totally know what this movie is. I can't think of the title, but it's like the actual, like, military 
people were on or in the movie. Yes. And Amy Adams plays like one of the or not Amy Adams, sorry, it's Jenna Fisher plays one of the moms. I haven't seen the movie. I know, but I remember the trailer and okay. I'm trying to think of what it's called. But it's yeah, like the actual people that were part like of this mm-hmm. were starred in the movie itself. Yes. Um and is it Clint Eastwood that directed it? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, like I can picture it, but yeah, I can't I have think no of the name. for you since you know the movie. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, jeez. It's going to drive me crazy. But I don't know the title. The answer? The 1517 to Paris. Oh, I should have remembered it was like, yeah, like a 310 to Yuma. Yeah, off title. The 1517 to Paris. It was very specific train time. Yes. Wow. Well, that that's all that's the train game thanks for playing tyler yeah i loved it, it i was hope great. you learned a little bit more about trains and a little bit more about yourself i did actually well that's it for trains for this time but you know where people really like trains tyler where in texas are you sure about that i mean i got some they don't seem the type to care about public transportation well they like it because it was westward expansion okay yeah so that's good manifest yeah. destiny exactly for sure so um we're talking about Texas because of this new movie called Vengeance. Ah, Vengeance. Exactly. Uh, written and directed by B.J. Novak. Uh, he's friends with Jenna Fisher. That's right. Yeah. Um, well, I this, would hope so. Maybe this is not. his feature directorial debut. Yes. But you might know him from like writing and... Uh, did he direct? He, I directed, he directed in The maybe Office. Maybe like one or two episodes. But he did The Office and his more recent show on Hulu, uh, The Premise. Um, which I haven't seen, but I've heard mixed things about. Um... This movie comes out in theaters on July 29th, and it stars B.J. Novak, Boyd Holbrook, Dove Cameron, Issa Rae, Ashton Kutcher, and many more. And basically, the idea of this movie is... It's a pretty good cast lineup, actually. It is. Um, the idea of this movie is B.J. Novak is like a podcaster, like a uh, liberal coastal elite. And he's like coming to Texas because uh, somebody he like had hooked up with a couple times overdosed and died, and the family, like, thinks they're more than just a casual thing. They thought, like, they were in a serious yeah, relationship. so they invite him to come to, like, the funeral or whatever. Exactly. And he shows up, and he's finding all these people thinking, like, there's some big conspiracy behind her death, when he's pretty sure it's just an yeah. opioid overdose. Yeah. And her brother, Boyd Holbrook, is, like, convinced that B.J. Novak's character is going to help him... Solve the murder. Solve the murder, and, like, get vengeance, then yes. has the title, and avenge the death by killing the person that killed her. Yes. But... B.J. Novak sees this as an opportunity to create a podcast about how conspiracy theories have poisoned the mind of simpleton Americans. Be- because in, in his character's mind, there's no way that this is anything more than just a typical overdose story. Yes. And he doesn't believe the that there could be more to the story. Mm-hmm. Until. But, yeah, until his Prius explodes. His Prius explodes! Which, it's a great line where they say, what if you were driving a real car with gas and stuff? Yeah. Um, so, this movie is trying to say, like, Maybe there's, like, some truth in this. Like, maybe dig a little deeper and you're going to find, like, oh, actually, it isn't just a simple, like, open and shut case. So, B.J. Novak ends up actually investigating the murder. At least that's what I'm kind of understanding from the trailer. Yeah, and it feels like there are layers to this. It feels like an an interesting story about, like, kind of fish out of water. How does this, like, coastal guy get along with these Texas, (laughs) yeah, rural residents of Texas? Um how what's the commentary on how like information spreads and how, how disinformation spreads. disinformation spreads and how like the cultures of coastal america and rural america are so different when it comes to like firearms and cars and whataburger and like random shit and like 
college football. Totally, yeah. <laughs> so, um, this movie looks like a lot of fun. Even as someone who would probably be the coastal elite fish out of water, I think it still looks like a lot of fun. I think it, the jokes and the humor land, even in the trailer, and I'm actually intrigued to see how this story unfolds. Yeah. One of the things I was most impressed by from the trailer is just seeing the like directorial style of BJ Novak. I think there's a lot of cool shots and like fun dynamic like ways that some of the scenes are framed. Um, and I'm excited to kind of see that side of it too. The story does feel a little bit sometimes like it could be something that's like a TV movie, not quite as soapy as like a lifetime or a Hallmark movie, but something that feels like along that line. But I think it's a little bit elevated by like the wittiness of, the commentary and the dialogue that B.J. Novak writes, extremely good dialogue, mm-hmm. as we know from The Office, and also the, like, genuineness that comes through by the way the film is shot and the portrayal of the characters as well. Yes. And it seems like, at least in the trailer, like, a lot of the Texans kind of feel like very stereotypical, like, gun-touting hicks. Um, but, I don't know, knowing B.J. Novak and, like, knowing film, I feel like we're going to get a little bit more about these characters and see that they're not so one-dimensional or two-dimensional, um, that they're actually well-fleshed-out people, and, like, even that is, like, more commentary on how, like, we perceive them. Yeah. So, um, so I'm excited for this movie. Um, it's kind of a comedy, and you know what that means, Tyler. We can ask our favorite question when we watch a comedy trailer. Oh, that's right, that's right. What was your favorite joke of the trailer? Well, I already mentioned the, like, what if you're driving a real car with yeah, yeah. gas and That's stuff. a good one. That's a good line. Boyd Holbrook's line delivery is just really good yeah. on that. And he, he, He's probably some of my favorite line deliveries in the trailer. Yeah. And um, Boyd Holbrook, he's gotten back in the sun. He's putting on shades. He looks just like he did in Logan, except for he doesn't have a robot on. Oh, that's true. That's true. He's being typecast. But I do think uh, one of the closing jokes of the trailer, uh, where the grandma's at the table and is saying that, you can't just pull out your gun, like, this type of gun, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. To solve the problem. To solve the problem. And Beijing Novak's like, yes, I totally agree. And she goes, you're going to need a 12-gauge, a couple AR, and starts listing off all of these different And he pulls the recording And Novak says, that's not, yeah, that's <laughs> not really what I was talking about. Exactly. That's a pretty good one. She said, just pulling out your thirty five is a breakdown of society. You need these dozen other different types of firearms as well. Exactly. I thought you were going to mention the what about burger shot. That one makes me laugh, but I don't know why. It's not really a joke. It's just kind of funny to me. Yeah. In the trailer, there's just like an establishing shot for like two seconds where it just shows the outside of a Whataburger to like establish that the next scene takes place in a Whataburger, which is weird to have an establishing shot in a trailer. trailer. But it's just to show like, hey, it's Texas. Yeah. Uh, That one's more funny to me in like a meta way of like the choice to cut that into the trailer is funny to me, but it's not really like a joke within the movie itself. I think my favorite joke of the trailer comes very early on when... BJ Novak's calling his coworker or his boss, Issa Rae, and he's like, sorry, I can't come in today. I have to fly to a funeral in Texas for a girl who overdosed on opioids. And she goes, oh, no, I'm so sorry. And he goes, it's okay. We weren't close. <laughs> like, brushing it off, like, so nonchalantly, like, oh, yeah, opioid addiction and, like, overdoses like, are horrible. No, no, no. I don't know her. So I, didn't, I barely know her, so it's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, another great joke in this is the... Put out an APB for two men Ooh, wearing cowboy boots. So, like, they're analyzing the tracks, and they say, it looks like two sets of cowboy boots. And, of course, somewhere else in the country that might be, like, a better lead than it is in Texas, where literally every man and woman is wearing cowboy boots. Yeah. So funny. Um, you know what else is so funny, Tyler? What's so funny? Murder? <laughs> yeah. 
No, no, no. Saying the same word three times in a row. That's yeah. funny. Because <laughs> comedy is a rule of threes. Comedy, comedy, bodies, comedy. Bodies. 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 That's the next trailer that we're yeah, talking yeah. about today. Um, This trailer is directed by Paulina. The oh, the trailer is not directed by, but the movie is directed by Paulina Regine, um, who directed a movie called Instinct, which I've never heard of, but this is their second film. Um, the movie comes out on August 5th. Uh, in theaters, starring Amanda Sternberg, Maria Baklova, Pete Davidson, and Lee Pace. And basically, the idea of this movie is this... Uh, College group, rager gone wrong. Basically, this group of friends gets together. Um, Maria Baklova plays the new character, like, into the friend group because she's dating Amanda Sternberg. Um, and, like, Amanda brings Maria to this party, and they're going to have a rager. Um, and they all decide, we're going to play this game called Bodies, 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 which... Like, it's basically a game that Tyler and I have played, but we call it Murder in the Dark, where someone is a murderer and, like, murderer in quotes, and they go around and tap people and they fall on the floor, um, and then you have to figure out who's the person doing it, kind of thing. Yeah. But, twist, someone's actually going around stabbing people. Someone actually gets murdered, and then they're like, who the fuck did this? That was so uncool. Yeah. And I think that's actually, like, how the dialogue is written in the movie. and that's part of it. It's, like, Gen Z, like, slang, like, kind of satirized, like... What if this generation, like, had this kind of thing happen? Left to their own devices mm-hmm. and having to, like, escape a murderer on their own. Exactly. And the comedy comes from, like, these characters that are not prepared for this type of situation, just trying to figure out how to survive. Um, and how, like, how do they navigate their own relationships when they don't know which of their friends to trust mm-hmm. and who could potentially be harmful to them. Yeah. And since it's a party, they're, like, all already, like, drunk and on drugs. So, yeah. like, that adds to the comedy of, like, oh, and just, I can't yeah. trust Yeah, you can anyone. just tell that the paranoia and the, like, heat of the, like, the heat of the moment is just gonna continue to boil and boil and boil mm-hmm. until it yeah. boils over. Yeah, and I'm um, excited for this movie not only because of, like, the great cast it has, um, not only because of, like, the fun, like, some, like, mild, like, commentary on, like, the younger generation it has, but also, like, yeah. It reminds me of, like, movies like Ready or Not, which I really liked. Like, Yeah, the combination of horror and comedy and mm-hmm. satire all blended together. Um, yeah. Yeah, it feels like it could be something akin to Scream, almost. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. I can definitely see that. Um, I love the moment of, like, when arguing over, like, who, which of their friends might be the murderer, one of the girls yells, You're so toxic. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> just such one. a funny way to, like, encapsulate, like, how Gen Z discusses, like, interpersonal relationships mm-hmm. in, like, a negative way. Instead of, like, you're probably gonna, a murderer. Yeah. <laughs> they say you're toxic. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It's very interesting. It also feels like... I wonder what the Gen Z reception of this film is. Like, yeah, do they feels like they're feel, making fun of Do they Gen feel Z. represented by this? Or does it feel like, uh, this is millennial cringe making fun of our slang? Like, I would really like to know what... like, Or maybe it's kind of both. You know what I mean? Like, it lives into... Yeah what it is and also what it's critiquing and it's self-referential and it's self-satirizing. I, I don't know. Yeah. It would As be interesting a, to see. Like a millennial on the younger age of millennials, it is interesting because it's like, yeah, I understand a lot of like the Gen Z slang and like, um, yeah, like I get it. And I use some of that language Yeah, and I think some of the humor is funny, but also it's funny that the humor is funny, I guess. Yeah. If that makes um, sense. Well, there was a recent episode of only murders in the building where, like, there's a young character using a bunch of Gen Z slang, and the joke is, like, Steve Martin doesn't get it because he's old. Yeah. Um, that kind of felt like what you're talking about, like, millennials, like, cringe, like, oh, like, he doesn't understand me, like, because I'm using yeah. bet as a, like, 
an adjective yeah. or like a affirmative like word, right? Um, because like she says bet and he yeah. says how much, right? Yeah, like that's a little cringe. Uh, that's cringe. But I think utilizing the slang in correct ter- use and mm-hmm. it's understood by the other characters in the scene, but the humor behind it is that why would you choose to use that language? In the face of like such dire circumstances, exactly. that's more of the uh-huh. satire. That's going but it does feel it. authentic in a way. Like oh, I totally. Mean, if we were in that situation, like we would probably say some like slang terms or things like that. Like uh, I would totally say hear somebody saying like "You're hella sus right now." Yeah. Like and that feels like the kind of humor that they could use in this right, movie. 100%. Right, hundred percent. So it looks like a fun time at the movies. Yeah. I'm also excited for it because it has a new Charlie XCX song exclusive in the movie. Oh yes, it tells you that at the very end. At the end of the trailer, trailer it's important to know. Uh, back when my sister was saying like, ooh, whenever that is at, like a new song is advertised in a trailer, I feel like the movie's always bad. Yeah, like the happens. Charlie's Angels one or whatever. Uh-huh, yeah. I don't know. I think I, I'm very hopeful for Bodies by His Bodies. I but I too. also think like promoting a new Charlie XCX song, that's like a little different. It is. It's like... It's kind of like a sign of like maybe this isn't as good as we think it, yeah. it should be. Um yeah. which is sad. But then but again, I don't know, but I think because it's Charlie XCX versus like some other artist that would just be like, sure, I've got a song laying around, put it out with the movie. Yeah. It feels like Charlie like I don't know, I really like Charlie XCX's music, so maybe I'm projecting off mm-hmm. of this. But it feels like she would be like, Oh, I get like what this movie is doing and I want to put a song in, you know. Yeah. Or it could just be like uh when Taylor Swift like, it was promoted that her new song was going to be Where the Crawdads Sing. Oh, right. Um, but what they did was, it was this the trailer song. Right. Um, and, like, Taylor Swift really liked that book, so she wrote a song for the movie. Um, doesn't mean maybe she endorses the movie, but she endorses the idea of the movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that movie's not good, by the way. Um, <laughs> well, we didn't preview review it, so... No. No. But, you know R. what movie, like, that was heavily promoted that have a new song in it that actually, like was exactly what the trailer said it was going to be, was Marry Me. Oh, yes, totally. So maybe it's a Marry Me situation where you're getting exactly what you're saying. <laughs> that was also different because the song was also by the woman that was starring in the movie yes. and produced the movie. But, I don't know, Marry Charlie XCX cameo? a lot of fun. Ooh, Charlie XCX, that the murderer confirmed. Wow. Right here, we solved it. Okay, so there is a line in this trailer... Where, and we forgot to mention it, but Pete Davidson's in this movie, and he seems very funny in this oh, movie. Well, we said it when I read I mean, the I guess that's true. And Lee Pace is, is as well, and he looks yeah. great in this movie yeah, as well. And he's a little strange because he's, like, way older. He's than way older than the rest of the cast, but I think that's part of, like, the character yeah. that he plays. But Pete Davidson in this movie, Pete Davidson also seems older than the rest of the cast, but I think he's supposed to, like, play the same age range. Yeah, and he's, like, he does the same type of activities. Like, Pete Davidson is playing a Pete Davidson-like character. Totally. But because he's Pete Davidson, he also has a line in the trailer that's like, come on, it would be so obvious if I were the murderer, which is like also very true. But also I feel like because they have the line in the trailer, like, could he end up being the murderer? And they're going to do like a double uh-huh. reference of like, I mean, they've definitely done that in like some screen movies before where it's like, yeah, it couldn't be me. That's so obvious. And then it, it's like, yeah, it was, it was obvious because it was me. Ha yeah. ha ha. Like, um, so yeah, that could be very possible. Um, yeah, it seems like a fun, like who done it, but also like. Horror, but also comedy. I'll or is the one. killer maybe somebody that's not not shown in the trailer? It could be like a, a separate character that is introduced in the movie. My uh, maybe not full on theory, but something I see as a potential outcome is that, and I don't know because I haven't seen like the actual visuals of the movie. Like I don't mm-hmm. know if it's obvious that it's, it's a murder, but I think there's also the potential that the deaths happening in the movie could be accidental, and then it's more about the paranoia of like 
Like, maybe she was running with a machete because she was scared, and then she fell on it, and then people found her and was like, oh, she died, or she was murdered, but it was really, like, all a big misunderstanding, but it's more about how the escalation of the paranoia, then they start to, like, harm each other, and it becomes something more than what it was originally Or maybe, like, the first death is accidental, but not, like, a self-death. Like, someone accidentally, like, kills someone. Yeah, or, like, they got surprised and they, like, yeah, or something like that along those lines. Mm -hmm. And then they're trying to, like... Cover like, I didn't murder her, it was an accident, but I don't want to, like, confess to that, uh-huh. so I'm gonna, like, try and defend myself, and then everything and then gets out of control. no murder is committed by the same person. Right, yeah, every death is caused by somebody else, yeah. because of the paranoia and the transition of, if like... If we just spoiled the yeah. movie, I'm sorry for you. I don't know, it could be cool. Well, I like, this is, it does seem like it's a horror movie, but it also is very whodunit style. Oh, yeah. And so I I like to at least have a little bit of speculation of, like, how could the movie play out ahead of time? It's fun. But it's not a spoiler because we haven't seen the movie, so we don't know. Exactly. Feel free to speculate at home. Yeah. Um. Well, you mentioned that Pete Davidson's in this movie. and I did. Uh, Pete Davidson recently left his longstanding job. He's no longer working for Lorne Sad. and SNL. Sad. Um, I'm fine with it. Um... <laughs> I mean, he was barely in the last, like, several seasons, so yeah. whatever. Um, but that got me thinking, Tyler. What if random SNL alumni decided to do horror movies like Pete Davidson's doing? Okay. So, what we've got here is, as you can see, there's paper in my hands. Okay. Yes. This is one I stack. I'll give you that. Great. Um, I don't know what stack you have. You either have a stack full of horror franchises or full of SNL alum. Okay. We'll and see. the idea of this activity is to... Uh, mix and match, and see what it would be like if a random SNL alum joined a random horror franchise. Oh, okay. It's like what we did on an episode with directors and remakes. Like, what exactly. if Wes Anderson directed this type of movie? Like, The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So what if, like, Will Ferrell was in the Predator franchise, is Ooh, the idea. Not a good movie, but... What if he played maybe. the Predator? <laughs> Way worse movie. <laughs> Okay, but that's the idea of the game. That's just an example. So, Tyler, go ahead and pull out one of your cards. Okay. And we'll I'm going to look what's... first. I've got, okay, I've got the SNL alums. Okay. And I've got so the horror franchises So I feel like we should do there. the alum, the yes. SNL alum first, and then you introduce what the horror franchises. Yes. So first up, and I think what we'll do is we'll connect these, we'll discuss what they look like, what we think they might be like, and then we'll rank them from which yes. one we think is going to be the best to which one's going to be the worst. That, if that these were to fun. happen. Yes. Okay. So first up, we've got Maya Rudolph. In the next Saw film. Ooh, a Saw film for Maya Rudolph. Interesting. That is difficult because I feel like Maya Rudolph is like probably one of the most, like, has the most, not the most. She has a lot of range for an SNL alum. She can do drama. She Mm -hmm. can do comedy. She can do a lot of different types of Um, acting. And Saw is not really a great place for like a large bandwidth of emotion. Like you're kind of going to be... Either murdered, tortured, or torturing. Does yeah. that make sense? Or she could be the detective. That is true. There is like the room for like the de- the homicide investigator mm-hmm. sideline where like she like maybe she has a loved one that is missing that is a part of Jigsaw's game. That's like very akin to like the Saw Two or uh, the Spiral even. Yeah, interesting. Um, so I think that I don't would know if I could see be... my Rudolph playing. It I don't know top. if she would. I don't know if she could carry the whole film like that, though. Yeah. Um. So I feel like the best way they would use her is, like, as a torture victim. Like, someone that gets killed off. Which is yeah. kind of a waste of Maya Rudolph, yeah. in my opinion. So, Or I think she could very easily be, like, a central character's, like, 
mother or sister or like and they're like going to the police like or daughter save my like what if family. it was like an older detective and Maya Rudolph's like the adult daughter that's like you need to give up on your like obsessive hunt for the jigsaw killer you're never gonna like you know oh, she's like the level-headed okay. adult daughter that's trying to convince the old detective to give up on the like worthless investigation but then she goes missing Interesting. and the other detective is like I feel like she has that kind of like yeah. zone of like she's an interesting she's age the character too. of reason a little bit yeah right that, that is tough too because like an adult daughter that means like the detective would be like maybe in their like 60s or 70s yeah uh which is not like ideal but like she also can't play like the mother because then her child would like maybe if like her child's like you know fresh cop on the beat like a 18 year old just joined the force oh i don't know even then feels a little she feels a little young yeah still. So, I don't know. It's a tough one. It might be going to the bottom of our ranking. <laughs> I don't know. I like the... I, I do think Maya Rudolph could do a great horror movie, but I don't know if Saw is the right format for her. Yeah. Sorry, Maya. But, I mean, I like her goofy voices and faces. Maybe she just is like a... What if she opening is at, Opening kill, like, victim where she's just like, ah, ooh, ah! That could be... Dying funny. in a gear rotating into her skull or something like oh, that. Okay, okay. Next SNL alum yeah, is... Yeah, yeah. Fred Armisen. Ooh, Fred Armisen. He's going to be in the next Conjuring movie. Oh my gosh, this is so funny. I feel like this could be cool. Fred Armisen is like the foreign priest that comes to do the exorcism. But, but then he gets possessed. Yeah. I actually really like that. Um, but it'd be but he's doing yeah, like he's that, like a bad like Italian. And then Patrick Wilson has to come. Yeah. The spirit of Christ like, compels you. <laughs> That could be fun. That I don't know how fun. else Fred Ar- Maybe he's like the... Fred Armisen is like a good straight man, but also he just looks funny and so it'd be hard to like take him seriously. Well, he could maybe be like the guy who owns the haunted house and he calls Patrick and Vera to come like, I need your help to get the spirits yeah, out of I my house. I mean, the country, like, it seems like the, the victims in the country movie are always very much like, I'm a family man. Like, this is about my yeah. family and I'm scared for I my family. Be a family man. I don't know if he could. He seems more like I'm the awkward, like, nerdy guy that lives next door to, like, the haunted apartment or something like that. maybe he could be that still. Yeah. Uh, sure. I don't know. It's also not the best. (laughs) I I think I like him as the Italian priest that comes to do the exorcism. but that's, like, comedic. It's not, like, it doesn't fit the (laughs) tone. It would be very funny. I could totally see him playing that character in, like, a Conjuring SNL sketch. Yes. (laughs) Maybe that's what this is. If, like, Patrick Wilson hosted, like, SNL, they do a a spoof. Okay. Okay. Oh, an older SNL alum, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Uh, she's starring in the next Child's Play movie. This is great. I love this. This feels just this very sounds similar to... Uh, Aubrey Plaza Aubrey coming Plaza. back, because yeah. she has that dry humor, but she's older, so uh-huh. I feel like the mother... Like, Aubrey Plaza felt a little young to play a mom in the Child's Play yes. movie. This makes a lot of sense to me. And I really... And it could even be like a Halloween uh, 2018 situation where, like, Julia Louis-Dreyfus now plays Aubrey Plaza's mom, and maybe oh, they're, and all they're all connected. They're all a little young to be each other's mother. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and but Julia Louis-Dreyfus, like, she's, like, one of the best people to hear say fuck. So, yes. like, that's fun. Like, she's like, fuck, yeah. it's Chucky. Like, she curses really well. Yeah, she um, does. And she has great, like, inst- like everything's fine until it's not, and then she, like, loses her shit. Yeah. And that's perfect for a horror movie, because it's, like, you're fine, you're maybe a little bit hesitant checking something out, and then the doll pops up with the fucking butcher knife, and you're like, Jesus fucking Christ! Exactly. Like, you can totally see her doing that. I love this. This yeah. is incredible. This one's fun. Alright, and our last 
Kyle Mooney. Ooh, Kyle Another Mooney. recent departure from the, yes. you know, SNL. Studio 8H. Uh, he's going to be in the next Quiet Place movie. Okay, this is interesting. I could totally see him doing some kind of, like, survivalist, like, mm-hmm. maybe he's, like, another, like, member of, like, a survival colony, like, like what we Sully visit in, in Quiet Place 2. And, but, you know, Kamuni, the nice thing is he does funny voices, and he doesn't get to talk a lot well, in Quiet Place. I feel like place. he can be very emotive He with can his also face. be very emotive with his face. And he has, like, a distinct look that I feel like can convey a lot of emotion. And, yeah, I could totally see him doing this. I mean, why not? Yeah, cool. Okay, so, um, let's see. I think we're both in agreement. Julia Louis Dreyfus Child's Play is number one. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, honestly, because the Child's Play movies and the Trekkie movies are already a little bit tongue in cheek. Yeah, and I think she could perfectly convey it. But I also think she would do like great in like an actual like final girl type scene where she's oh, needing totally. to like kill the doll or whatever I or set the building on fire. A hundred percent across the field or something. That's you cool. fucking doll! Like some yeah. like she's gonna have a great killer like one liner dialogue, rip the axe or whatever. Uh-huh. It's gonna be great. Okay. Um, I think next I'd put Kyle. That's my next one yeah. too. I think Kyle that he could definitely place, number two. he could definitely thrive there. Yeah. These next ones are kind of tough. I kind of think I'm leaning more towards Maya and Saw. I, I, I feel like there's so more too. potential there. It's like less of a parody of itself than Fred and Conjuring. A hundred percent. Fred, so, yeah. it feels like if we're putting him in that situation, it's just gonna feel like a parody of itself. Yeah. And maybe like, this just speaks to how strong Fred's comedy chops are. Like maybe you can't, can't put him in something him. without it not being funny. Yeah. Um and I like what you were saying earlier about, like, if Maya's, like, the first death, like, that could be still funny. Like, Saw movies are, like, a little tongue-in-cheek as well. Like, with the kills over the top, like, she should go, oh, ah, my spleen! <laughs> yeah. And then she's just dead. Um, yeah, that's fun. And yeah. then Fred's last. The best uh, situation would be, like, uh, <laughs> Maya Rudolph and then, like, one of her comedy partners from SNL, Ooh, like, like, an Kristen Amy Poehler or, or Kristen Wiig, uh-huh. and they're, like, best friends, and they have to, like... But they're in one of those traps where, like, only one of them can survive. Ooh, so they have to cut their foot off or something. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, that's fun. Have you seen that Saw movie? There's a Saw movie where, like, the idea is, like, one of the traps is these two people are... And I don't know if they actually knew each other before the trap or if they just happen to be in the trap together. But it's, like, whichever one of you, like, gives me the most flesh, you get to survive. Oh. And so they're, like, cutting off their own, like, toes and ears and, like, feet and putting it in this tray. And it's, like, weighing which one gives more flesh. Interesting. And they have to, like, cut off more of themselves than the other guy does. It's no. fucking intense. I've only seen Spiral. It's brutal. Well, that sounds... But what if they just redid that with Maya and Kristen? That's a funny SNL sketch. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's a good song. Yeah, you know? yeah. Fred and Maya maybe feel a little bit too self-satirical. Uh, yeah. Kyle feels good. He's neutral. But well, the top also, tier is Julia Louis-Dreyfus like, in Child's Play, for sure. I feel sure. like Kyle got it easy with A Quiet Place, because you don't have to, like, say a lot. Like, it's this all is on your true. face, you know? And, like, a lot of Kyle's comedy comes from, like, the things this he says true. or the voices he does. But I feel like Fred Armisen would do better in, like, a Child's Play movie or even a, uh... Quiet Place? I feel like yeah, a Quiet, quiet place, place than, like, maybe Conjuring is just hard. Maybe. I don't know. The matchups they got, this is the order they This is what in. it is, this is the ranking, and that's final. Exactly. And I, we didn't really have any arguments or like we were all in agreement no, yeah, the same way. No, yeah, it felt like, like a good wavelength. Yeah. But if you, listener, had a different opinion, let us know. Yeah, you can tweet at us at Preview Review. Yeah, you can find us on social, Twitter and Instagram at Preview Review. Tweeter. Tweeter. Just like 
popcorn. We are our lonely children. <laughs> popcorn and our podcast. It's my it's my uh, Tom, Tom Hanks and Elvis impersonation. Wow. Sure. I don't even know the character's name. Uh, he's the colonel. Is what they call him. Uh, the popcorn colonel. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but yeah, you can find us on social media. Okay, before we wrap up the episode, Ryan, we do have to ask the obvious questions that we do at the end of every episode. Which of the trailers that we talked about today is your favorite? And which movie that we talked about today are you most excited to see go? I think my favorite trailer is Bullet Train, but with a caveat, just the first one. The second one's not good. Um, And my favorite, or the movie I'm most excited to see is definitely Prey. Because I am just very excited to see another Grant Trachtenberg movie. And I'm very excited to see another Predator movie. Um, I'm also going to throw my first vote for best trailer behind Bullet Train, trailer number one. Um, and I think the movie I'm most excited to see is Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. I'm a sucker for a mystery trailer. Mm. I want to know who done it, so I'm going to go see the who done it. Yeah. I, they mean, honestly, I'm excited for all of these movies. Yeah, me too. It's a good, it's a good trailer month. It is a good trailer month, but that's two votes for Bullet Train. Congratulations, David Leach. Yeah. And the rest of the crew were very excited for that movie and the other ones that we mentioned today as well. Yeah. Um, we already mentioned our socials, um, but you can follow us there. We're also on Letterboxd. Um, oh yeah, come see what we're watching. There's a distinct difference between where we've ranked Nope on our 2022 theatrical list experience. Yes, and we've kind of already spoiled a bit, you know. But I, think, you see I think Ryan has it, like, in the 20s somewhere, yeah. and it's at number two for me of the year. So I think it might be at 22 A little bit me. different. Um, <laughs> a little bit different. <laughs> All right, well, um... That's all. See you next time, folks. All right. See you next time. Bye. Popcorn.